0: One of the most obvious things you see working with mid-market businesses is employee burnout, people putting in ridiculous hours and being really stressed. We're going to learn today about a business model that turns that entire thing on its head. It's called the 5-hour workday reward and we're talking to a business owner who's managed to transform his business by having employees focus on working a five-hour workday, being more productive, coming up with ideas to improve their performance. He's seen a reduction of about 12% in sick leave, and yet the business has had its most financially successful year yet. We're going to find out a lot more about things you can do in your business to improve productivity, and perhaps even think about this five-hour workday reward. I'm Craig West, and in this episode of Mid-Market Matters, I'm joined by Jonathan Elliott. Jonathan's the Managing Director of Collins SBA, and you may well have heard about them. There's been a lot of media coverage about this really interesting financial services business down in Hobart that's got a really interesting model around how they work and how they utilise their employees using a five-hour workday. Jonathan, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Craig. I want to start with the obvious question. Why did you introduce a five-hour workday?
1: There was a couple of reasons. Number one, culturally, we wanted to be a business that's always looking to improve. There's no standing still in business if you're not Moving forwards and you're going backwards in some respect. We felt that from uh, attracting and retaining great people, we were in that stand still potentially moving backwards. Well, the labour market was tightening. This was about three years ago, and it certainly hasn't loosened up since. And you know, we're trying to make sure we had a point of difference. You know, we we do pay very well. We have great working conditions and a lot of good businesses can equal us on that and we thought well what's our differentiating point so that was I guess a, a a mind bubble that we had at the time how can we differentiate ourselves the other side to this was more personal when uh, my wife was ill she, she was diagnosed with cancer and I had a period of a few months uh, part-time um, I had a young daughter at the time and she was only six months old at the time so and I was fairly new to the managing director role. I'd been in the business since I was one of the founders, but taking on the, the leadership of the business was reasonably new for me. And so I was—I had a lot going on, so I, I still performed my role in the business whilst my personal issues were happening. And I found that even with the reduced time, I was still getting stuff done. And I noticed that when I turned up to work, I just didn't put up with long extended meetings without agendas. And uh, I just was a lot more productive in how I got things done because I had a big motivation to get out of there so I could spend time with my family. And when I went back to work full-time, that's when it really dawned on me. It was a sense of frustration that here I am back all these extra hours in the office and I'm still really outputting the the same as what I was part-time why is that because um we just build fat into our day by saying hey we're going to sit in this chair 8 hours a day and so we fill that time whether it's productive or not and when you actually force yourself to be productive and not work based on how long you're going to sit in the chair but what your output is it, it changes things and that led to just researching other ways of doing things and there's other companies in other countries around the world that have tried different ways of working other than just the straight eight-hour day. And we we took some of those ideas. We didn't come across a professional services firm that applied a a five-hour day, but we translated some ideas, made it our own, and we, we gave it a go.
0: How does it actually work? So you've got literally a five-hour workday, but how does that work in practice for, for you, for your employees?
1: Yeah, so, so how it works in practice... We simply, we've got some fairly straightforward rules. People can turn up between 8 and 9 a.m. And if they start at 8, they can finish at 1 p.m. If they start at 9, they can finish at 2. We insist everyone is on board between 9 and 1 p.m. That's our core hours. And that's really important to us because collaboration is absolutely key. The the whole purpose of a shorter workday, a compressed workday, is to get better at what you're doing, become more productive because our client service cannot diminish. It has to be the same or better and continually improving and our financial uh, position cannot get worse, of course. So we weren't prepared to sacrifice anything in actually giving ourselves this reward of a shorter day. So it's not a shorter day, it's a compressed day. And the only way you can get more out of less time is to do things differently, be more productive. And that's where collaboration is key. Good ideas and how to be productive comes from team members working with one another and actually being engaged in what they do. And that's really the benefit of giving people a five-hour day is if you can make this work for you, you will directly benefit and it can impact on you each and every day, but it's up to you. If you don't want to change, then nothing will change. But what we've found is that people will actually collaborate, they talk, they they create projects themselves to improve the business. So it's been really engaging for our people because they've all got some skin in it this time. You know, you think the other way around in a traditional eight-hour day, for example, where everyone's expected to be there, whether you're productive or not, that's how you're measured. And you go to your employees and say, here's some new software as an example. It'll make you 20% more productive. Well, that's great for your clients who will get a better outcome. It's great for your shareholders who get a better return. But for the person doing the job, it means nothing to them because they're still sitting in their chair. In fact, it's a disincentive because they have to change what they're doing. And people can be... Um, resistant to change, particularly if there's nothing in it for them. Whereas saying, look, you get a reward, you can go home early if you can get the job job done quicker, they've actually got some real motivation to actually make it work. And that's been the big impact to our businesses, this embracing of change, of looking for better ways to do things. And so you mentioned it's been in for three years now, basically.
0: Um, How has that translated in terms of performance? I mean, obviously, financial performance, you know, client satisfaction and so on. How's it actually translated over that period?
1: We've found that there's been, number one, a reduction in sick leave. Last time we measured that, which was the end of last year, it was down around 12% on average. But we've noticed people accruing more annual leave as well, because I guess they feel more relaxed or stress-free that they're not taking as many breaks. And so, they're actually now, we're getting people to take um, their chunks of leave in, in bigger amounts and because they just feel better about you know, their time at work. Sick leave has reduced financially. We're doing reasonably well. We had our best year, the financial year, just gone, and we did it with less people um, as well as less hours. Now, I do need to say, not everyone is working a five-hour day um, every day. In fact, it's actually rare that people work a five-hour day um, and we actually made this clear from the outset when we started this trial was the only way we're all going to get to a five-hour day every day is when we're really, really productive, we're nowhere near yep. that yet. Yep. And and so some people are much better at it than others. I think people who are more adaptive to the way they do things do benefit from it more, but those of us who've got probably longer work experience and you've, you've got more habits to change, it can be harder to change to more productive uh, work methods and personal ways of approaching things. I'd say now we probably see people work probably six to seven hour days. Um, Look, after about 3.30 p.m. in the office, it's pretty quiet. And a number of times in just the last few weeks, I've left the office around 4 p.m. and turned the lights off. um, And we've done that with actually record financial performance. That's
0: extraordinary. So it's it's a really interesting uh, – because you used the word a couple of times then, the five-hour workday reward. So it's a reward for staff around productivity improvement. Have you got some example? You mentioned productive ideas or employee ideas around improving productivity. What are some examples? What's What's been changed around the way people do their work?
1: There's not one big idea, and, and this is really important. There's no silver bullet that makes your business really productive. It's everyone – owning what they do and looking for better ways to do it. some little, And it's, it's that 1% improvement on a regular basis. That's what's allowed the productivity to increase over time. Um, you know, just uh, in our business, we deal with websites, you know, um, financial firms, whether it be the ATA portal through to different platforms, et cetera. On our list of websites, there's over 100 of them that employees are using day to day and one of our administrators together with our IT person uh, put in place LastPass, so just secure access to websites. So it meant that instead of everyone putting in a username and password for every website, you know, several times an hour, it just automatically takes people through. It's much more secure um, as well, but you know, that's saving plenty of time um, for everyone every hour of the day. So that's just a small change. But the key thing is that idea came from one of our administrators who went to our IT person and said, there's got to be a better way, how about this? And that's that's the key thing I'd like to impress is the best ideas for these just small incremental Improvements are coming from the bottom up in our business. It's not management saying to everyone, "Hey, here's another great idea. Can you go and do this?" And you know, you get a sigh. Oh, Jono wants to do something different again. Like you know, it's (laughs) it's actually it's our people telling us, Jono, this is this could be done better. Can we do it? Yeah, go and do it. And it's meant a change of management from our point of view. That rather than trying to. I guess, push people to do things differently. We're actually having to put parameters around people and help them prioritise because everyone's wanting to chase rabbits down burrows on improvement projects, which is great. Mm. But you're talking about, as you said, a 1% of that, that login
0: process might save me, you know, two minutes in an hour, but times mm. however many people you've got, that's actually adding up to quite a lot of time over, over a day or a week or a month. Absolutely. And so it's a combination of a whole stack of those little ideas yeah. that are 1% here, 1% Correct.
1: there. And the stack of ideas needs to come from your whole stack of people. It just can't yeah, come from, from you one or, or two. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's got to it, – the reason we get all those ideas is because everyone is engaged.
0: You mentioned before you you left the other day at 4.30 or something and turned the lights out. How does that affect your clients? Does that mean if I want to talk to an advisor at 4.30, I can't do
1: it? Uh, You can. So, I turn the lights off on our first floor, which is where everyone's, I guess, working. We still have our ground floor, which is reception area. So, our reception's still open, 8.30 till 5.00. Now, if a client contacted us by phone at 4.30 and their advisor was not present, The reception knows how to triage that call, I suppose. They'll contact another advisor who may be physically there. And if no one's there, then they'll determine the importance of the call. We're not a high transactional business. So um, in most cases, your advisor's not available. Um, They can call you back tomorrow morning first thing. Is that okay? And if the client says, yes, that's fine, then the call is booked in. If the client has a greater sense of urgency, knowing they'd speak with someone now, then reception will contact the advisor on their mobile. And that's just the, I guess, you know, we just- That's the trade-off. That's the trade-off. And it it rarely happens because we're not a high transactional business. And that's another point. Like this probably wouldn't work for businesses that have to be there for certain hours because of other external factors.
0: Yep, yep. But obviously, if you're giving people the right advice and preparing them, they're not going to have all these urgent problems pop up because they've been well prepared anyway. Correct. Yeah, okay.
1: I mean, for us, when we started the trial, our biggest litmus test was knowing whether it was working or not, was whether our clients knew we were doing it. So we didn't publicize what we are doing. We didn't tell anyone about it. it. People found out probably six to eight months after we commenced the trial because of some publicity, but our clients didn't know we are doing it. And that's because reception was there and clients don't call expecting to get their advisor um, straight away because we're all in appointments as well Mm. with other clients. So, as long as the expectations are set and um, they're met appropriately, then everyone's pretty happy. And obviously, you've got the 12% reduction in sick
0: leave you mentioned before. That's substantial. I mean, that's a lot of money and lost productivity to any business, particularly if you've got a number of people. What else are you seeing from an employee perspective around how this is working out?
1: Uh, We we have a lot of young parents in our business. We've got a, I guess, a fairly average young age of business. And, um, you know, we do hear anecdotally, I guess, the gratitude of people being able to go and uh, pick up their kids or drop them off to school um, and be more involved in their children's affairs. So, you know, I guess the traditional approach is one spouse will have most of the involvement with the kids, particularly young kids, and the other one is the primary income earner who's working. People are getting a better work life balance of being able to have more involvement at a family level and that's really important to people. So that's that's a big motivator and, and I'm definitely one of those, but I, I won't I can't speak for everyone, but I know from our team that That's really highly regarded, having that flexibility. And whilst people don't get a short day every day because client service comes first, we've all got deadlines to meet, you know, there's humps of work throughout the year like any business. And what we're seeing is people... uh, have matured. They are self-policing themselves. Uh, we, we've never had to say to people, hey, stop the chit-chat and we're here to do a short day, get on with it. We don't do that. People actually respect one another. If I'm tying you up, Craig, on a Monday morning to talk about the sport that happened on the weekend, tends to happen a lot and it happened a lot in our business before this. Well, I'm interfering in your ability to get out early. So I'm not going to do that. I respect that you want to get it early, so I'm not going to waste your time. So that's happening. But there's actually more chatter in the office than we've ever had, probably because people are talking about now on-the-job projects, tasks. Something relevant to their day-to-day
0: work. Yeah, Yeah. people
1: are a bit more engaged in um, what what they're doing and and everyone's contributing to the business on top of their normal job. So they're all working on projects as well, and a lot of those are self-initiated. Uh, so, collaboration has increased, the wasted time, just chit-chatting um, has definitely decreased, but we haven't lost engagement. I think some people are fearful that they would lose the social side to it and just the mm. camaraderie within the office. I don't believe that's happening. In fact, I think it's probably got better because people are respectful of one another and they're talking about the things that really matter. And look, if people want to, you know, catch up socially, then they can knock off early and go and do that. Yeah go up the road and have a beer or a coffee or whatever. Yeah. And it's actually allowed us to factor in more training time as well so that, you know, we can factor in team training for different ideas and projects, uh, which before was really hard to factor in that sort of training or even social events because, you know, where do you find time for it when everyone's just busy 8 to 8.30 till 5. So now, you know, Once a, we used to do it monthly, now we do it quarterly where we take the team out for an afternoon and do a social event. Um, we, we have more team training. You know, one of my accountants said to me recently that he had planned to go home earlier that particular day, but a client called with an urgent matter. And so he was able to give it full attention and he, he took the two hours or so he needed to actually resolve that urgent matter with the client. And he you know, managed to get out definitely before five o'clock that day. But his point was, in a normal day, your day is just busy all the time, just busy, not necessarily productive. And when an urgent matter crops up, you, something else has to give, another client matter has to give, and you, know, you have to prioritize that way. In that case, he was able to give it full attention without disrupting any other client service because he'd already factored in to go earlier that day. So he only disrupted his own personal time. But still got out the door by five o'clock. It's not as easy if you're in the office till midnight. Correct. Yeah, fantastic
0: Correct. difference to a lot of professional services firms that you see in the marketplace. Tell me about the downside. What, what have you found in introducing this that maybe didn't work as well or that's, that's been a negative or hasn't there been any?
1: Uh, no, there has been some negatives. Uh, for one thing, it's reset the bar. The people now take a five-hour day or a shorter day as a given. Well, at times rather than, you know, that, that's the reward. So everyone's contract is still the um, eight hours a day, but behaviourally, and I think anecdotally, and even the surveys we've done, people sort of have, have an expectation that if they're not getting a regular short day, then they're probably being um, hard done by. Uh, and leaving at 5 p.m., might be considered overtime. Um, And if they're regularly leaving late and I'm, you know, using inverted commas, that maybe some overtime is required or something like that. So it does require vigilance in terms of people's expectations and reminding them what they have versus, you know, what is, you know, what they've actually agreed to, you know, on their employment contract. So that resetting of the bar, I think that's that's a negative because people lose the gratitude for what they've got and they stop working hard to keep it and then it just becomes a given. So that's one side. Uh, but yeah, look in the first 18 months or so, we, we actually did have a bit of attrition from our team. So, and I would attribute some of the people leaving to the fact that we did introduce a shorter workday, wow. and it wasn't the shorter workday they didn't like. In fact, on the whole, people were really wanting to take it, but it's this you know case of you know taking a cake and eating it too sort of thing. Yep. They um they they wanted the short workdays and they'd use them, but they weren't being more productive. They weren't adapting and using different methodologies that other team members were introducing. So that was causing um, probably stress even with the people of themselves because here they were taking shorter days but not changing how they're doing things. So their output was being affected. That caused stress. Yep. And yep. then... That makes and sense. And other... So look, what motivates me, Craig, is not what motivates other people in that I like to work hard and I like to be productive, but I like to spend time with my family and, and other personal things that have my attention. But not everyone's motivated... Mm. like I am. Uh, there's, you know, we found some people liked working at a slower pace, not having to change on a regular basis with new ideas. That was just frustrating to them. And so they'd rather go work somewhere where they had the eight hours, hour lunch break and so forth. That's, you know, we we found that. Yeah. and Personal choice, so, different. Yeah, that's right. So we actually did have a bit of a shakeout in our team in the first two years. And when I say shakeout, we did have... Some people leave, but we also attracted people uh, that have bolstered our team. And I was talking to our operations director only a couple of weeks ago, Claudia Parsons, and we were talking about the team that we have at the moment. And hands down, it's the best team we have ever had. If we close the business tomorrow and open up again, we would reemploy every single person. Wow, that's, that's, not that's, the, that's the honest truth. Not many
0: people around saying exactly that. That's a fantastic
1: story. Mm. Um, mm.
0: Before we wrap up, Jonathan, last number one tip around how this
1: has worked and what you've learnt from it? Communication, communicating with the team on expectations, the rules, uh, being vigilant. Uh, we found in the initial stages in particular we had to micromanage some people and it's typically people with the longest tenures in the business who – um, had the the know, older longest, ones, right? yeah the ingrained habits they found it hardest to change or they thought the rules applied to everyone not to them so you know that was uncomfortable for everyone but then we got in the groove and everyone sort of got into sync with things and that's it's paid off so don't expect that you say something once and everyone remembers. It requires repeating the message, um, vigilance, um, having one-on-ones with people, helping them actually change, not just saying, here's a better way of doing things, go and do it, you'll, you'll be better for it. People don't always operate like that. Some people respond in different ways and motivated differently. So getting to know your team is absolutely paramount and holding one another accountable. Fantastic, mate. Lots of good tips there. Thanks
0: for joining us. Thanks, Craig. And of course, if you want more tools and information to help you with what we've just talked about, head to the Midmarket Matters resources page at midmarketmatters.com.au.